This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast, and in this exciting episode, we're going to investigate if we need to put a stop to Dave. Well, <laughs> I think that's a little bit harsh. I mean, you could have at least said regulate, Dave. I mean, you know, you didn't need to All go regulation is meant to stop to... things. That's just what happens. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. So, yes, the... There is a proposal uh, called the Artificial Intelligence. Is it the Artificial Intelligence Europe Act or the? No, it's the EU AI Act or the EU AI yes. Act. Okay. So the European Union Artificial Intelligence Act uh, that is being proposed. I would say yes. It's yeah, a it's proposed yeah. European law on artificial intelligence. Uh, what on earth are they actually talking about? Well, they finally reached a point in their movie selection that they saw the Terminator movies and now they want to regulate it before Skynet comes up. Oh, so if we're going to do film references, here's one. I watched uh, the original uh, Jurassic Park at the weekend uh -huh. with some friends. And there's the famous Jeff Goldblum quote, uh, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Yeah, but that's kind of human evolution in a nutshell, right? He doesn't say that, but basically that's how human evolution works. We just figure out things and do it anyway and see whatever happens. And then to fix the things we broke, we have to invent new stuff. Yeah, well, surely this is just the same. Well, it kind of is, I guess. Although when politicians come into the game, I'm not entirely sure we're still talking about progress, but that's probably just me. <laughs> but I mean, this isn't new, right? I mean, we're going to be talking about ethics and morals in this episode, I guess. So it's all our own opinions and things mm. like that. And results from the past are no guarantee for an even older past or even the future. But basically, yeah. some parts of the world are using AI for things that they find totally acceptable and good, and other parts of the world think are less good. Now, that doesn't mean that those other parts of the world aren't doing exactly the same. They're just doing mm. it in a less blatant way, I guess. <laughs> I mean, or, or, or there's, there's the, the, the culture that they're doing those things in that is considered more acceptable could be another approach. Um, or they do a better job of explaining what it is that they do. It could also be part of it. Or a better job at hiding. Yeah, well, or do a better job at hiding exactly what they do or obfuscating exactly what they do. Absolutely all of these things are possible. But the, I think, so the, this is, I believe, and we the actual act itself is 108 pages, and neither Jan <laughs> or I have that time to I don't go have and a problem sleeping at night, so I don't need this. Exactly. Uh, but having read uh, a few of the articles around it and uh, some of the summary information, what I believe the aim behind it is to make sure that people are using AI in a way that is considered responsible and no. <laughs> um, good good for the people or the populace as the, decided the, by the, the ruling class well as decided by yeah the lawmakers i mean which is always the so case. you're my anarchists 
this coming up a little bit here. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, I mean, like like all laws, they're they're supposed to be designed to um, protect the public from situations that are not ideal for them. Yes, but at some point, protection goes too far. Um, and I mean, I'm saying that while I'm actually trying to say something else, because one of the good things I think for this act is that it isn't trying to regulate everything. They've basically pulled out two very specific use cases, and all the rest are in a third category that are, well, if it doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt, and let us know if you want us to look at it. But mm -hmm. the, I mean, the, the first two are very, very specifically anti-China. I mean, it's just when the article, so I can mention China by name as well, which is the, the way that China is doing their um, image recognition and social scoring of their populace, where you get points if you do good things and you're not allowed to use the bus anymore if you don't have enough good points, things like that. The second one is uh, not about government at all, but about uh, tools that scan CVs, so for job applicants. That one I find why would you do that? Because it's in the best. I mean, for the first one, I'm kind of agreeing that, yeah, it's a bad thing to do something like that. There's no upside except for the ruling class. And I'm not going to mention anything more on that one unless you want to say something specific on that one. Nope. I mean, the... the <laughs> no, he says it, then continues. Going, well, I was just going to say, going back, so the, the, the categories... Um, like the first one, they, they specifically talk about applications and systems that create an unacceptable risk. Now, we probably should or could go and read exactly how they define unacceptable risk. Uh, but that is, as you said, well, it's a law. There's bound to be some sort of actual detail behind it, I'm sure. Want to talk Brexit? Uh, not really. <laughs> I'd rather chew my own toes off, um, but the so that's the first category, and I, I'm sure they do define unacceptable risk, but we'll have to figure that out later. But then the second one, which you said was uh, the example they give, exactly right, is is CV scanning tools that uh, rank job applicants. Like they call that high risk applications. Yeah, but where's the risk? I mean, I know what the risk is. I mean, it's the biased uh, model that uh, unfairly excludes everybody of a certain ethnicity from uh, going through the next step because it's a bad model. Now, the thing is that if you're a company that wants to succeed, you don't want to discard talent because of a bad model. So they have an, I think, inherent incentive to make the models work well. And at that point, I mean, depending on what company you are, doing some kind of filtering at the at the gates, being a more global company, everybody is distributed, you have to find some ways of doing it. And the alternative, I don't see an alternative. If you get like thousands of CVs, thousands of applicants per day, how many people do you want to employ to look at them manually? And how, this is the more important one, do you ensure that all of those people use the same measuring stick to look at those uh, applicants? At that point, at a certain moment in time, I would say the machine learning becomes less biased, becomes less of a problem than the actual army of people you have doing this. So is the, 
Is the problem that because let's okay, let's say we're talking about a uh, an artificial intelligence system that is scoring CVs with a biased model that can be measured. Is that the problem? Is it the fact that that can be more easily easily measured or that its flaws can be more easily pointed out than uh, you know a, a system that, that has a bunch of humans in it? Um, I don't think that's a problem because explainability of models has been in legislation here and there already for, for a while now. So being able to figure out why it's biased, that's fine. But what the thing that the EU is trying to do with this AI Act is put down rules that if you're going to make a model that scores people, and you're going to use this model for uh, government-level profiling. That's uh, an acceptable risk. That should never be done, no matter how good your model is. You should never. Even, I mean, <laughs> the better the model is, the bigger the problem would be. I would say. The the next one we're talking about now, the high-risk ones, is more about okay, if you're going to use a model to do uh, applicant scanning, it should be unbiased. It should be trained on people of all ethnicities, all backgrounds, and things like that, which is of course impossible but there should be some degrees of you did your utmost to make this happen and if you figure out that there is some bias in there you should take steps to remediate that which is okay. common sense i mean again yeah common sense we talk about this often on the show um but again the people using those models have an inherent incentive to make those model and models unbiased i mean the models are biased they should filter up the most talented people and if you can't do that with a model, okay, you have a problem. So I'm assuming that's not going to be a problem, an issue at all. It should be not filtering it on things that are not specific for the job at, uh, that you're applying for. And going back to movie references, I guess the movie Gattaca is the best example of that one, where you actually had genetics testing. Oh, you're going to have a heart attack in the next 20 years. Let's take, pick somebody that has a better heart than you. Mm. Now, this is for an astronaut jobs where I guess heart rates and heart stability, arrhythmia, stuff like that might be a good thing, but let's not go in there. It was basically new testing for genetics while you just want smart people and people in wheelchairs can be just as smart or even smarter than people that are not in wheelchairs. Okay, so the just looking at the, the actual, the AI, the EU AI Act itself, they they do talk about um, prohibited AI practices being um, those that have significant potential to manipulate people uh, and through a variety of different ways. So that is that's one thing. I don't understand that. I mean, if I'm if I make an AI that can discover unsafe situations, shouldn't that AI tell me, please avoid that situation? That's clearly influencing me. It makes makes live longer than it should have. Uh, well, so it it talks specifically about thing, I agree. exploiting uh, specifically vulnerable groups such as children or persons with disabilities. So you're excluding all kind of positive discrimination as well. <sighs> Maybe I, I'm not a lawyer, so could not speak to any further to it. But it, it seems to be, it's, it's something. It's to do with um, uh, distort that distort people's behaviour in a manner that is likely to cause them or other people physiological or physical harm. 
So other other sort of manipulative or exploitive practices um, could be considering every position has its 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 uh, it's I'd call that its uh, fans and its uh, detractors. Doing something for one will always have a negative result for somebody else. Yeah, and typically for the minority. So yeah, it, it's sort of, right? it seems to come down to it's it's something that if it's if it's like if an AI system is likely to cause psychological or yeah psychological or physical harm, then that should not be something yeah. that is AI. But that, well, how how on earth do you explain? Um, sort of uh, automated targeting systems, for example, or things like that. Well, they do explain that. It's not the weapon that kills, it's the person using it. And this is going to be used for this as well. They're going to say, okay, we can use the AI. As long as I know the biases in there, I can make my judgment on the result of the AI with that bias context in mind, and it should still be fine to use. How do you fight against that? I mean... This is this is in the same line. I'm, I'm not. I'm actually not going to. Yeah, I'm going to say it anyway. I mean, there's been this whole ban on 128-bit encryption and 256-bit encryption because that was considered arms race kind of stuff. Mm. Um, AI is clearly a weapon. Oh, can be used as a weapon. Let's say, let's say it like that. Yeah. And yeah. I was kind of when I first read this, thinking that they were going to put that kind of logic to it, but they haven't. And on the one hand, I'm glad it didn't because, hey, we don't see something as a weapon for once. That's a good thing. On the other hand, how can you not? Well, they, the, so the second category, which is you you mentioned the, um, uh, what was the second, second example you application gave? Application scanning. The application scanning, here we go. So the second example that they give of, categories so the the sort of second category of stuff is that which is the high risk which is ai systems intended to be used as a safety component um yeah blah 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 um and it actually says blah, standalone blah. ai systems with a with that with mainly fundamental rights implications that are specifically... I'm uh, guessing so that's kind of referring to those models they use in the US for um, some, uh, I call that tribunals, some kind of uh, lawsuits that were kind of settled out of court because AI decided he was right and he was wrong, or she was right and she was wrong, or whatever. Yeah. No clear bias so the, there. So that, yeah, so that, that, that second category, quite. I'm not sure I quite understand the safety component part. That yeah. I... There's, there's too much. That's there, what I meant when I said I, it's I all a bit unpack. vague and a bit, um, yeah. Yeah, really but the, the rights the rights implications thing does make more sense. Yes, I know, because again, what I'm missing in all of these discussions is to com compare it with what a human would do. Because at this, at, I'm pretty sure that today there are models out there that would give a more a less biased biased uh, result mm -hmm. than a jury of your peers yeah and we're very much trying to legislate the power and influence these machine learning models can have without looking at the opposite i mean it's like with the self-driving cars self-driving cars are inherently dangerous because there's no human looking at what's happening and humans are better at looking at uh contextual situational information 
unless that human is drunk and on drugs. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody looks at that point. I mean, yes, for for the driving they do. That's why it popped in my head now. But for these models, the same thing. I mean, we should be looking at is it an improvement or not an improvement, and what are we doing? In a situation where we don't have a model doing the decision-making, we have people doing it. What are we doing to make those people work unbiased? There is some legislation out there, but um, I think as a lot of minorities can attest, it's very hard to ever get something done if something goes wrong, because the burden of proof is hard. And mm. all the, the, the bad side needs to say is, I tried my hardest, I did my best. I didn't mean to. Mm. With a machine learning model, at least there's a paper trail. I mean, not a paper trail, but there's a trail of actions that led to an inescapable event that might have been foreseen, or at least you could have documented how you worked around it, blah, 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 blah. Mm. So from my point of view, and again, I like technology. I do think technology is often more reliable than people. Doing this, I mean, again, the, the, the unacceptable risk one, I understand. And then again, it's not because the model is bad. There is because whatever you're doing with the model is bad. And again, the, mm. the better the model is, the worse it gets. The other ones, I find questionable. Why should governments bother with that? And if they're bothering with that, why don't they bother more with the non-ML counterparts of that? So I think some of it is that like the, the non-ML parts of it are just not as sexy or interesting. Uh, but Populism is one thing, also, true, but this is yeah. the EU we're talking about. I mean, if they, they're, they're proposing it now, so it's going to go into law maybe in 2110. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Uh, I mean, the, the thing that gets me about this is also for some of those things you're right yes i'm not sure that humans also uh, have a particularly stellar record uh, with with some of the situations that we've mentioned but and potentially ai systems could have could be more successful could be more impartial and are regulations like this not potentially stifling that innovation uh, do they essentially muzzle that any chance that this the, the the current situation which may well not be particularly good m maybe that then never gets improved because of of this uh mm. this sort of regulation put in place yeah but it's inescapable because i think we both agree that the unacceptable risk category should be monitored and stopped if possible Mm -hmm. once it's clearly defined and you can only find those if you have the, the, the checks and balances in place I mean it's not because you don't use the second category anymore that you can avoid all the uh, bureaucracy let's call it that uh, yeah. or else it's it's an all or nothing kind of thing right and if you're going to do the checks anyway then I guess you could put stuff in there but this could also be solved in a way with like with the ISO uh, certification systems where you have different levels of things if you're you, you having a use case in the an acceptable risk, then you need to have this certification in place. If you're in the uh, higher risk application, then you must have these uh, remediation steps, uh, due diligence steps, whatever, whatever in place uh, for security, data protection, blah, 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 and have something. This is what I think is going to come out of this, a kind of a list of requirements, uh, checkbox lists, which are always bad, but in government <laughs> and legislation, it's kind of the only thing you can do, to be honest. I don't have an alternative, so I can't really comment too much on it but just to have at least 
a system in place that forces people that are trying to use stuff like this to think before they do exactly mm. and going full circle to your jurassic park uh, reference yeah making sure that they actually do question if they should after they found that they could mm. and the should will all I mean, be yes but there should be a context around we can do this if this and this and this, and this. that would be my yeah. situation i think hey, one of the things that just having uh, a quick skim through the the actual proposal itself like the words uh, unacceptable risk only actually come up i think three times in the entire proposal so if that's the name of the entire like category of most dangerous most uh, should be most heavily controlled most heavily monitored you're right it's not it's not defined anywhere clearly enough that I can understand it anyway, that's for sure. The other thing is that... It should just be because you need a convention, to be honest. Well, maybe. But the other thing is that this was actually um, created back in uh, April 2021. So like, this, is, this has been around already for quite some time. Um, and, okay, it's, it's, re it's more recently kind of made a, a, bit of, a bit of noise and a bit of news. But... It's still, it. I don't have any sort of understanding of how close or far away this is from. Oh, uh, this is far away. I mean, this is typically yeah. how these bigger institutions, the same with the US government, uh, federal governments, the same with the EU. First step is getting a text that all of the EU states that are interested are okay with as let's publish this from a EU point of view then you put this out in the open and you see what kind of uh, rhetoric you get who, who's getting who's going against it if nobody notices it then oh apparently we're doing something good because nobody noticed it which is a bad thing of course <laughs> but mm. this is just testing the waters okay what if we would put it out like this let's see what the the, uh, the how do you call that the the more uh, militant groups, the more opinionated groups think of what we have written here and then we'll massage a little bit and so on and so on. So I also think there's some pressure from the US coming for this because US is trying to do things against China and they want the EU to help with that. So I might not be surprised if there's some lobbying happening there as well. Again, politics at the high end. It's also for me, this episode was more about the ethics and morals of the whole question, not exactly about is EU doing a good or a bad thing here, because I'm not going to start talking about that. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is like, this is, we've been talking about this, but it doesn't operate in isolation. Like there are a whole bunch of different acts, some of which that are already in existence, exactly. some of which are further coming along. So there's the Digital Services Act, the Digital Markets Act, and the Digital Governance Act. Yeah, but the thing about this is that uh, these the things you're talking about are national things, and some countries are doing a good job, some countries are doing a less good job. I was going to say bad, but that's a bad thing to say. Yeah. Uh, having an EU directive like this would be kind of a minimum baseline that if you're in the EU, well, this is what we collectively kind of agreed as being, you should have at least all of this. So it does still has a sense to have this. And as long as this is based on the best practices and lessons learned of the countries already doing things like this, it should have a good result. However, this is applying logic to politics. And yeah, I, I need to feed yeah. my anarchist more, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I have actually found uh, a, uh, another article that seems to do a better job of explaining it. And it talks about unacceptable risk like prohibited ai being social scoring facial recognition 
uh, dark pattern AI and manipulation of individuals. Yeah, and then high risk, uh, where there needs to be a conformity assessment, being education, employment, justice, and immigration. And then limited risk, where there just needs to be a strong element of transparency, is chatbots, deep fakes, uh, and emotion so, recognition I mean, systems. Deep fakes would be way higher on my list. The potential mm. destructive results yeah. of deep fakes getting better all the time. I mean, how long before somebody puts something on 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 the on the web? I'm not going to mention names here intentionally. That has world leaders declaring things that cause revolutions. Mm. I mean, yeah. the first world war was started for a lot less than that. Yeah. Um, but then the the fourth category, minimal risk, where there just needs to be some sort of code of conduct. The two examples they give there are spam filters and video games. So, oh, video games! Oh, yeah, that's the, 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 the source of all evil. <laughs> and is there, a, so, is there a no risk category, or is all ML no. inherently risky? No, I think ev anything below that uh, is uh, is fair game. Maybe anything above that is also fair game. No, I don't think it is. <laughs> but yeah, it, I just I don't know. I, I think this is. I understand the intent behind it, but I just, yeah, I don't know that I agree with how how they've categorized things. I also don't know that I agree with something as far-reaching as this um, doesn't seem to be, like, I don't know, maybe I've been living under a rock, but like yeah. something as far-reaching as this doesn't seem to be quite as well talked about or well discussed as perhaps I would expect. But again, for me, this is a discussion piece. This will never become legislation. Uh, it will as form it legislation. And mm. I mean, a couple of weeks, months ago, we were talking about the Stack Overflow survey of 2022. Mm. And I don't remember exactly, but one of the things was about uh, ethics and morality courses on uh, in universities not being available yeah. or not being done. Or people, uh, was a question, do you have an ethics course at, at the education you're following? And the majority did not have any. One of the results of this, once it becomes legalese, well, now mm. education needs to cover this because you might, I mean, things like patents and copyrights are being taught at developer schools because it's something you have to be aware of if you want to be a good developer. Things like this, I believe, will have a positive effect towards pushing down the importance, sorry, I didn't mean pushing down the importance, uh, pushing down to the level of education which is still mm. a bad way of saying it, but you know what I mean? To have that also yeah. an important topic in education things because, well, it's now legal things. EU is talking about it, blah, blah, blah. So again, from, for me, it's a discussion point. It's making sure people start, to, well, people have been talking about it already. People are in the in the militant groups are talking about it for a long time. I mean, even I was at Microsoft, we had a sub uh, a little sub uh, department, not department, a little thinking tank, think group about, okay, should we, should we not, we, those questions are being asked inside the company mm. already. I know for Microsoft, I'm sure the other companies do it as well. I'm not trying yeah. to single anybody out here, but it's just something that's going into the uh, society, getting more pervasive all the time. People need to get aware of this. Common sense needs to evolve to incorporate this, even though nobody uses common sense. Common sense should still have some concept of this stuff. 
which will then trickle down to the education market and within now and oh, let's be optimistic 100 years this should become as normal a topic as the weather Hmm. <laughs> Maybe. And I just remembered of that one article we did rejected about the uh, fortune teller. It's my job to be a futurist, so I have to talk about future things. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, yes. All right, well, anything else on, on this from you? No, from this moment on, we only talk about the weather. Fair enough. Well, in that case... That is all both the weather and the time we have for today. As always, you can support this podcast by becoming a Patreon. Every contribution really does help. We're on YouTube. You can like, you can subscribe, you can hit the notification bell and do all the YouTube things. Please go to www.roaringelephant.org for a link to our Patreon page and for more information about the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter using the at Roaring Elephant tag and send your feedback to podcast at roaringelephant.org. Until next time, my name is Unacceptable Risk, Permission Denied, Dave. And my name is It's a Beautiful, beautiful Day Outside, John. <laughs> and we look forward to talking to you next week. Goodbye. See you then.